In our first scripture reading, uh, we heard Brandy read a passage from Luke's gospel that uh, shares uh, just a slice of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Um, In Luke's gospel, Jesus uh, uh, sets his face to go to Jerusalem to do um, the work of sacrifice that he needs to do there. And so we will continue to hear those scriptures from Luke's gospel. But we also have this word for our Lenten journey from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And I want us to hear that word this morning and for us to consider it for a little bit. We are in chapter 3 of Philippians, and we will begin reading at verse 17. Listen for the word of God. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. That our citizenship is in heaven And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory. By the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. The Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. We are having a most interesting election year, do you? Not think. I will leave the commentary to Eldred. (laughs) There are lots of things that I could say about it. Um, Lots of things I could say about it that I will choose not to. But it's very interesting to consider that in our nation, where we practice a political system that is based on democracy, that we can hold opinions and perspectives all across the board, can we not? And that we can voice those perspectives. Um, Some perspectives are voiced in... um, more definite ways than others, shall we say. But we can do that. And that is based on our practice of democracy, which is still actually a grand experiment. And I would say the majority of people who live in this country treasure that we are a democracy and that we do have freedom of speech. However, we want to interpret what that means. We treasure being a citizen of the United States of America. Most of us do. Um, 
in laying our own context alongside the text that we have just heard, we have this letter from Paul to the little church at Philippi, which is in the Roman Empire. And Paul is um, giving them a little bit of a pep talk because um, they're dealing with some issues, one of which is that uh, Philippi is in the Roman Empire. Many in the Philippian Christian community, this little church that Paul planted, um, are Roman citizens. Philippi was a long way off from the capital city of Rome, but uh, to be a Roman citizen was really something. And it was something um, that many valued. Paul himself was a Roman citizen and valued being a Roman citizen because of the ability that it gave him to go to all kinds of areas within the Roman Empire, taking the gospel with him. But he uses some really interesting language in this particular passage. So we've got this little congregation, some of whom, we don't know how many, are citizens of the Roman Empire, which has its own set of values. Values based on conquest and wealth and hierarchy and patriarchy. And so you've got the people in this little church who are Roman citizens, but Paul is calling them to recognize something else, that they are citizens of heaven. They are citizens of heaven. Now, to claim citizenship in heaven is not just to claim uh, where are you going to go when you die. To refer to heaven is to refer to the domain of the God of the universe, which knows no limits of time. It knows no limits of space or place. It is all. And Paul is reminding the Philippian church to remember that above all, their citizenship is in God's household. It's in God's domain, which carries its own set of values. Values that are based on Jesus of Nazareth. And in fact, Paul calls them to imitate him and those who planted that church with him in, in taking those values into themselves. Hey, cutie. I, I just love I just love it. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, Michael. Fresh. Good morning, Michael. <laughs> oh, where were we? <laughs> oh, values. Values of God's kingdom. Values that say a little child can come first. Yes? Values that say that all of those children among us are to be nurtured and fostered with God's grace and compassion and mercy as we have experienced it in Christ. An inverted hierarchy, if you will. 
<laughs> Values. <laughs> Values that say, Mama, you go love on that baby. Because our God has loved on us. Those values are cruciform. And in fact, earlier in his letter, in chapter 2, Paul reminds the Philippians of what Christ's life and values are about. And beginning at verse 5, Paul quotes probably what was a hymn in the early church. It says that Jesus Christ did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant to the point of suffering death on a cross. Out of love for the world, Jesus does this. It's an inversion of the values of the Roman Empire. It's actually an inversion of the values that we see exhibited in our current political landscape, do we not? Values in which somebody tries to trump the other one. I got a funny off, didn't I? I really didn't intend to do that. I was thinking of the game of spades. You know. But often, what we see exhibited in the political landscape is not the type of values and life that God in Christ desires us to live. A life that is defined by the child coming first, by compassion and grace that we share and exhibit forth as people who are defined by Jesus Christ. And Paul spends time in his letters, not just in Philippians, but in talking about what this looks like. And how you apply this. But in so doing, he encourages the Philippians to take up mimesis, or imitation. Watch us, because we have also watched and been affected by Christ, so that our lives take more and more of the shape of the one who gave himself out of love. And so, part of the Lenten journey is offering ourselves increasingly to God's presence so that God's values shape us more and more into the citizens of heaven that God would like for us to be. And I think one very seemingly simple, but not so simple, very practical way of doing this is surrendering ourselves to what's going on in any given moment to see where God might be active. Waking up to God's presence among us. And when we wake up, 
there is more space in here for God to fill. I want to share one little story with you. So last summer we had a team that went to the UMCOR depot at Sager Brown in South Louisiana, and you're going to hear more about that from Connie Miller later in the service. Um, And so each day we worked in the depot with teams of other churches. And our work, um, it was kind of simple, manual-type work. Um, People from all around the nation and perhaps from other places in the the globe uh, give uh, supplies um, that can be used in responding to needs in disasters uh, or after disasters to other places around the globe. Um, and we have experienced that here in Garland. Um, people give uh, washcloths and toothbrushes and toothpaste for health kits, amongst other items. Uh, they will give um, plastic and razor blades and such things for birthing kits for women to use when they give birth, when they can't get to a hospital. Um, They will give um, school bags made to a pattern that you can find on the UMCOR website, stuffed with school supplies. And so our work that week was uh, assembling these kits and then packing them into boxes. And then we um, got to load up two huge containers um, that were full of health kits, one and the other full of school kits that went to Haiti that week. And so uh, Betty Haynes and I were loading up boxes as these kits were finished. Um, And uh, Mary Duncan was sitting at a table near me, and she got my attention one day. She said, Valerie, look at this. And she held up a school bag that had puppies on it. And then she held up a spiral a spiral notebook that also had puppies on it. And she said, look at this. And I went over to look. And the person that had put this school kit together had built the whole school kit around the idea of puppies, the image of puppies. And Mary said, think of the child that's going to get this. And I thought and still think about the person that put the love and compassion into assembling that one little school kit and that in that moment in Mary's hands with her putting it together and then thinking about the child that would get that. The divisions that we place amongst ourselves, divisions of nation or race or culture or sexual orientation, those divisions do not exist in God's kingdom. And in that moment, God became so present in looking at that one little school bag. My friends, we are formed more deeply into being citizens of God when we can notice such moments because they shape us. They give more room for God to work within us. And that is the aim of the Lenten journey, is it not? 
to give God more to work with with us, for God to continually transform us into the shape of the crucified and resurrected Christ. What wondrous love is that? May God shape us evermore into citizens of heaven. Amen.